This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Rosa. And for this episode, I have the opportunity to sit with Irisneri Alicea Flores. She is a professional genealogist from Puerto Rico. She came on the podcast to talk about what is genealogy? Why is it helpful and important when we are trying to make sense of where we come from, when we're trying to heal? Why is it important to understand our ancestors and the patterns and the difficulties that they went through? Iris Neri shares fascinating stories of some of the folks that she has been able to help. She shares also on her process, how she gets started, how she starts investigating and researching a specific family lineage. And I am so grateful for Iris Neri's willingness to come and share her wisdom, share her story, share what motivated her to start this journey and what inspires her to keep going. So Please let me know if you have any thoughts, if anything comes up for you, and I would love to hear more about it. You can send me a message on Instagram. You can also send me an email, and I'm going to leave you to the episode. But before I do that, I do want to give a brief disclaimer that this episode is not meant to treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. It is not meant to substitute for healthcare or mental health services of any kind. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Iris Neri Alicea Flores. Take a listen. Hi, Iris Neri. Welcome to the Hello. podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. Of course, I'm honored. I was very excited when you asked. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And so to get started, can you share a little bit about yourself, the healing work that you do, where you're from, and, and we'll go from there. Okay, so my full name is Iris Neri Alicea Flores. I am originally, I was born in Puerto Rico, and uh, we moved here to Massachusetts when I was eight. Um, but and I was always back and forth. Uh, I did go back to the island for college with the hopes of staying. Fortunately, that didn't happen, as many of our stories go. And um, yeah, I actually went to college for something very different and did my career for almost 20 years in human resources. But my passion was always in history, um, especially with family history and knowing my family story. Finally, about 10 years ago, I started my I started my research for my family. I just jumped into it, started doing it. And it at first I started very, I don't know how what's the right word, academically, maybe. Like I just wanted to see, find the names and see what was what, what was I gonna get and how far I could go. Just kind of started with that. And what occurred was as I started finding my ancestors and finding my paternal grandparents whom I never met, mm 
especially my paternal grandmother, I started to feel the healing that started to come with that, with finding out their stories. I started to find out more and understanding so much more about myself. And then within all, and that was just on the personal side. And then going into the history of Puerto Rico and finding out the history of the island, understanding that history that's not necessarily taught, it is not taught to us in school, and understanding more about my people in my community. And just the healing that just started with all of that for me. And then as I started to share with my, my family and started to see the healing that started to occur within them, I, it was like, I found my purpose. It's like, this is, I, I always say all of us in our community, in the Latino community, we always, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot in our community. And if we could do it all, we would try, <laughs> Yeah. but we can't, we're not humanly possible. To, we're not, we can't do that. There's always a piece. And this is my piece. My piece oh, yeah. is to help my community find their story. And within finding that family history, finding their own healing, finding their own empowerment, because when you're, when you find out where you come from and you connect to those roots and you understand so much of the whys, you're empowered also. And so that's where I found my passion. And in 2019, I founded Ecubre Tu Historia. Um, I became a professional genealogist and I actually left my human resources world back two years ago now. Wow. So, so interesting. And I'm just, I just want to go back to what you shared initially that you, you, so you're in human resources and what was your first indication that something, maybe something needed to change or not so much change, but maybe that that first seed or the, the uh, uh, regarding this field genealogy what was what was your first indication that uh, or curi- that prompted that curiosity to explore that um i still have my maternal grandparents i'm very lucky to have them i'm very close to my maternal grandmother and she calls me her colita because i'm always wherever she goes there Aww. i am um, and hearing her stories and hearing so many stories that I made me help me understand so much about them and their experiences in turn understood my I understood more about mine and I realized how much I didn't know about my paternal grandparents because my grandfather passed when I was six and my paternal grandmother passed when my dad was 10 And I mean, my grandmother, who I am, my paternal grandmother who raised my dad, who is my grandma, and I'm named after her, Iris, Abuela Iris. I also realized how much I didn't know about her. And I just, that's when I was like, I, I wanted to know more. I found that hunger to finally say, you know what, it's time. Because as, as we have probably found in many cases, people don't really talk about the hard stuff. And when it came to them and to her, I wasn't hearing outside of her name. I didn't know anything else. And you mentioned some of the healing that has happened on, in a personal way as yeah. you started this research and as you've been able to, to get to know your, your grandparents and, and your paternal lineage. 
what is it in just what is the healing that you've seen and in what ways has it manifested in your life oh wow it's been quite a journey um i'm gonna get emotional uh, <laughs> getting a little yeah. emotional yeah. um you know uh for me i'm very close to the women in my family and I knew I didn't have a story with my paternal grandmother and I always wondered about her and what would have been like. And she, I know she, after now, now I know she's a woman that went through a lot, suffered domestic abuse. Um, I under, you know, she was abused as a child too. I understood now so many of my own traumas in my family that I grew up experiencing so many different fears and things like that, that I didn't understand where they were coming from. And I found that through understanding my grandparents, finally through these documents, and also my grandfather, who was, you know, the abuser in, in, in when it came to my grandmother, I also got to understand him. I saw what happened in his life that broke him and I understood my dad I found an empathy for my dad I saw the son I didn't see my dad the strict dad the dad that you know there were certain things that happened that just were hard and and created you know issues within myself and but I saw the son and by seeing the son helped me understand him so much and that's just like I could breathe easier I found a way and that's for me that's when the healing really started and it made me so curious about you know everything else from my family to Puerto Rico to my community yeah so beautiful thank you for for sharing that with me and uh so it, it sounds like there, it's almost like just the awareness of mm-hmm. knowing what happened to your grandparents, what they went through and that awareness, understanding that in and of itself, being able to sit with that and integrate that knowledge. It sounds like the energy of that somehow helped soothe the, what, how you experience your father, how you saw him the, as a human. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, because then I started hearing the stories finally from him. He's fi- he finally started to open up and I heard more about her. Um, that's how I learned a lot about her hard experiences I did not I had not known about. And and I and I understood him better. I, I mean, he tells me like I know since I was very young, my dad keeps a shoebox sh- that he used to uh, for shining shoes. So he would take the ferry from Cataño in Puerto Rico to San Juan as a six-year-old <laughs> to buy medicine for my grandmother. And so I'm looking and, it, and I found this out around the oh same time. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, I found this out around the same time that my son was around the same age. Mm-hmm. And he, in many ways, like instruction, like I looked at him, he's very little, like what I my dad was like. So when I looked at my son, I just saw my dad. 
and it you know it really changes how you look at your elders and to be able to understand your elders not you're not looking to justify but to understand the better it's just it's a healing and empowerment that we all need and it it's what got me into this road and finally here (laughs) yeah no that is so beautiful and and, you know I I think that when it comes to genealogy there's this uh, the, what we think about when we hear that term is more of the historical uh, organization of your family, right? To put things in, in order, in, mm-hmm. in the facts, the story. But what you're describing is, is more of the, uh, the, the intangible ways that putting the story together it's almost like energetically it's able to provide so much comfort and healing to you as a person doing the research and putting it together. And then also indirectly you're almost transferring that healing to your dad, right. And and almost like sending it back to, to your previous generations, almost like you're sending the healing back and forward, you know, with, with your own children. Yes. So powerful. Yeah. Um, it, with them, that's one thing. It has changed even the way I parent. It's changed the way I opened up to myself, to others. I mean, before genealogy, before all of this, I even considered myself an antisocial person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's helped me just take that fear that would hold me back and bring it with me. And s- despite that fear, and do what I and just do what I love and and take the chances take the chances with what I by quitting my full time take the chances by um opening my heart to people that I otherwise would not have opened my heart to you know I a few I think it was uh, some sometime last year I read a book that uh, I thought it was more on the energetics of ancestral healing, but it turned out to be a book on genealogy uh, or actually a, a genealogist perspective on ancestral healing. And mm-hmm. one of the things, and, and I wanted to ask your perspective on this. Right. So one of the things that she mentioned that she experienced is that as she was co- collecting stories and as she went on to work with other folks and other families, uh, people, as you start collecting stories, people start having dreams of their ancestors. They start somehow a lot of synchronicities, a lot of, uh, you know, some sometimes like random people would say, or, you know, folks in the family that you haven't talked to in years randomly would message, hey, I have a picture of of your great, great grandma, you know, in, in, she mentioned how these things tend to, to coincide. Mm-hmm. with your research. So I thought that was so fascinating because one thing is for you to do research and actively make things happen. And then another thing is to have these dreams and these people coming to you with information and stories that you have not solicited. So I, I was, I, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts about that? If you've experienced that yourself or with the clients that you work with? Well, I de- definitely on a person. Yes. I, it's made me so connected to my ancestors. Um, I like I would, uh, for me, it manifests. I see it a lot with dates and numbers. Uh, I will pick a random ancestor to work on. And for example, 
one day I picked, I wanted to work on my grandfather a little more, try to find a document I had not found. And it was his birthday. It was his birthday. And that happens a lot, even with my clients, when I am working on a, on a story and finding or working on their ancestry and I'll look at a date. I'm focused on this ancestor and I'll look at the date and it's their birthday. And it always around, that's how I, that's my way. I think that's, I feel like that's how ancestors communicate with me Hmm. and their way of letting me know, yep, you're on the right track. Hmm. This is how, that's how I feel because it happens all the time. Um, I remember one night I randomly, because now that I help so many other people, I barely get to touch my own tree anymore. So one day out of nowhere, it was 1130 at night. I'm like, you know what? Let me jump on the Aliseas for a little bit. I haven't done it in, in a long time. And I broke through a wall with the Aliseas that I had not. And I found my fourth great grandfather, Pilar Alisea who was um, a pardo libre and it was his birth date. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so that is always how I feel, how it tends, they tend to communicate with me and it happens yeah. all the time. And it's always coinciding with numbers and dates. Wow. That's so interesting because it's beyond just, um, what we think about, right? Like I said, with research, it's like there's something bigger than 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 the research that you're doing. Almost like guiding your guiding your yes. your, your research. Wow, that's Definitely. so fascinating. And how do you, you know, when it comes, you know, for, let me just backtrack a little bit. For the last couple of years, I've been very interested in in connecting with my ancestors, um, connecting with, especially my maternal, I started with my maternal lineage and now it seems like my paternal lineage is speaking to me at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, and I have not done any kind of genealogical research. It's been more right. on a spiritual, in a, in a spiritual path. Oh, but yeah. How do you, how do you see both the genealogy and the ancestral healing, how do you see these two go hand in hand? Or does it just, do you have to, to, you know, if someone's interested in doing this, do they have to take separate steps for each or would it be naturally both just kind of go together? I think naturally both uh, go together. I think some people start like you feeling that need to spiritually connect um, and then move on to what I do. And then there's like me where I just started first with genealogy, but I think eventually both just inevitably me, I think with genealogy, you see the names, you see a lot. It's gonna, it just, I mean, I haven't seen a case where it just hasn't happened yet. Somebody tells me, Oh, I feel like I have always felt connected to my more, my indigenous side. I feel like, you know, there's some, you know, there's a, you know, like there's something I've that I feel like I'm more the indigenous. I want to know, but I don't know anything. I mean, some people don't know anything or some people will be like, you know, I have no idea, but I, I about my story, but I've always been con- perfect example. Actually, I have a, this person has always felt connected to her, to Mexican culture and to her Mexican, but she was not even sure if she was Mexican. 
because she was not brought up with that side of the family. So she even had doubts whether she was, but she always felt this strong sense of be Mexicana and come to find out she is very much, (laughs) very much. And just even that, or somebody saying, you know, I feel like I'm very connected to the indigenous roots in Arecibo in Puerto Rico and, and come to find out we're connecting, we're starting to connect mm. there. Uh, you know, it's just one of these things that spiritually you feel, but then genealogy helps you find those names and find those stories. Are you going to find all those stories? Unfortunately, no. But the fact that you're able to, I always felt a very strong connection for me. A very strong connection. Puerto Rico, it's always been very spiritual with me, my experience with Puerto Rico. Um, It's always been more for me about the land. Like ever since I was a little girl, I always am barefoot all the time. And if I'm in Puerto Rico, it's like I have to walk barefoot. I have to walk. I have to feel the land. I never knew why. And doing my genealogy, I have very strong roots in Caguas that go back. Mm-hmm. And it turns out a lot of my indigenous, especially DNA has helped me confirm a little bit, comes from that area. And it helped oh, me understand, yeah. okay, so it's not me. I mean, it makes it's sense. In me. It makes yeah. sense. Or my African ancestry roots. I'm one that I hear those drums and I just... It comes to me and I somehow know the dances, dance it because I didn't really grow up. It's funny, I didn't grow up dancing bomba or hearing bomba much. Mm-hmm. I grew up hearing mostly plena in mm-hmm. my side of the family. But I hear that bomba music and it's like I naturally know mm-hmm. I found my enslaved ancestors. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're there. Yeah. And so, and, and I know their names, you know, Jose Andino, Reyes Ayala, Matilde Ayala, and knowing, okay, that, that's where, that's where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it's just very special. And to say the names of those ancestors that I think otherwise were meant to be forgotten, which is the truth. Yeah. Wow. So, so interesting. So fascinating. And I'm wondering, you know, one of the things that I, I, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, but I always, I always think, well, if I was to start any kind of research on my family, uh, I probably wouldn't find anything, right? I always, because people don't keep records or, you know, I'm talking about my family um, is from Mexico. So I would have to physically be over, you know, so I, I almost like, just shut that down in terms of the historical research. And I'm sure you get that a lot. What do you, what do oh, yeah. you say to people that, you know, like me that think it's probably, you're probably not going to find anything. So why even bother? Well, what do you say? It's so funny because that was me 10 years ago. That was one of the apps. That was one of the things that stopped me from also one of the many layers, but that was one where I thought, no, you know, we were all colonized. We were colonized. We probably lost so many documents. If I had, if there was something we would know. Come to find out. I mean, I found La Sociedad Puerto Riqueña de Genealogía, which has been around for 34 years. <laughs> They've done amazing work to preserve our stuff. And then there's places like Family Search, Family History Library. So I got in here and then there's church records. 
there's civil registration records, which is birth, marriage, and, and death records after um, when they're kept in the government level. Um, and then, and then before that it was church records and they're there on family search on ancestry, mostly family search. And so my, when I say, when people say that, it's like, yes, information is out there. We just have to, we have to just look. And I think that's one of the things I do now a lot too, apart from doing research for others, because I know there's others that want to do their own is letting them know, look what's out here. This is where you can find this. Like, you know, I might be doing too much because I try to cover all the Latino things. <laughs> I think we all need it. And because yes, information is out there. Is there more information for other countries than yes, it can vary um, depending on, you know, I know for Cuba, it can be a little bit harder and there's different strategies for Cuba. But Mexico, for example, I've lurked a lot in Jalisco. Um, I'm in Guanajuato now and Chihuahua. And Jalisco, I've been able to identify. Pretty much every time I work in the Jalisco area, I explode to like eighth great grandparents. Oh, that's so I funny. mean, I've seen okay, yeah. records. I've seen records that go back to the 1600s. Oh, my goodness. I'm, my grandparents are from Jalisco. That's why I was like, that's so funny that you're bringing up Jalisco. <laughs> As I'm saying, it's impossible. <laughs> yes. When somebody oh comes goodness. and tells me yeah. they're from Jalisco, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Possible, yes. So fascinating. Wow. Okay. So, you know, when someone, you know, wants to work with you, what, what are some of the first things that you do as a genealogist? What are the things that, you know, as a, as a, as a client seeking your service, what, what would I have to come forward with? What do I need to already have to provide to you so you can start your research? Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that is very, it's helpful to know, first, I like to be with the people. Uh, I love to meet with people, Zoom, get to know them. I mean, it's very important for me to them to trust me. If this is, I take this very seriously. I mean, your family becomes my own. Your the names of these families. I've I've done forty, I think now forty one over forty one investigations, and somebody can tell me a name, and I can probably say, okay, wait a minute, let me go onto this tree. <laughs> they become that familiar to me. And so I like to talk to them face to face first and get to know them, get to see where they, where is their leaning towards? Like you just said, you're being called to your paternal side. So I'll be like, okay, so we're going to, let's focus on that. And then once we, you know, we decide I normally, so normally it's good to have as much as possible always, but at least if you have grandparent information, your parent information, grandparents' information as far as dates of birth and the where, um, death date and where, marriage date and where, proximate years is okay. It doesn't have to be exact. Uh, you don't have to have all of that, at least some of that. If you have all of it, great. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, their children, if there's information on children, where did they work? What do you know about them? Basically, I would, anything that you know about them. And then I take that, I usually take that and I do a preliminary research to help to make sure that the information is out there before I officially get started with anybody. So I do like a research plan. And then based on, 
okay, yep, I found I can do this. I can go into these collections. These collections are available. Then that's when we move forward and they become a client and, and yeah, and we get started and we work for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, that, that was my next question. Approximately how long does it take for someone to say, okay, this is, I, I, I have the information that I need. I, I, my, my tree is more or less complete and, yeah. and, and, and I, I feel satisfied, <laughs> you know, how, how, how does that process in terms of a time frame? how does it look like? What are we talking I, about? I do uh, communicate very regularly with my clients, so it can vary. Um, I've There are clients I have worked with for a couple of years at this point um, because their lines have exploded. I mean, I have a person where I was able to go up to her. Tw- it's I mean, it's not like super common, but I did go up to her 12th great grandparents in some case. Um, and you, so 12th grade, you mean 12 parents? Uh, oh my goodness. So 12 generations. Yeah. Before. So, wow. That's amazing. In her, yeah. In her case, I was able to identify the, the ancestor that came from Spain in this case to Mexico. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. It just, it can vary because sometimes you have to dig into a lot into the historical. I mean, you always have to do historic, historical research along with it. Um, especially when we start hitting the mixed lines and we, was that historical research helps, you know, fill in a lot of some of the blanks and yeah, so it can vary. Um, one grandparent, so I go by grandparent. I think one grandparent can take me up to six months depending how far I go. On average, I get to fourth to sixth grade grandparents. And then there's the exceptionals where I might go beyond. Yeah. Yeah. 12 generations. That is, (laughs) that is crazy to think that there's records available that far back. Right. And yeah. Okay. That's, it's also encouraging. You know, for me, I I think the more I learn about my you know, my ancestors, my, first of all, you know, just even my grandma, you know, I, my, my, both of my grandmothers have been gone for a very long time. So I didn't really get to connect with them in the way that I would now that I'm an adult, right? When you're young and you're just going about your, your, your life as a, as a young person. Um, so I didn't have the perspective that I have now when, when they were alive, but um, it's so amazing to me how I still keep learning things without really making uh delivered research effort and, and how how interesting it I'm, I'm just fascinated right now about learning how they lived how they experienced the world in their time whether it was the 50s or 60s yes. um, and you know for the for folks out there that may be thinking because i know i've gotten this too um from from some people in my family they're like okay well you if you find out x y and z then then what you know it's like what do you do with that <laughs> um what would you say to that you know and i know we talked about the generational healing um component right that you do mm-hmm. feel energetically a, a shift happening but what would you say to those people that are so you know maybe just not open to to learning about uh, you know whether it's me you know my family members and I'm sharing with them, well, this is what I want to, you know, this is what I'm learning. And they're just like, no, well, what's the point of that? Right. What would you say to those folks that are just so close off to, to learning about where they come from and their ancestors? You know, I think when it comes to those folks, especially our elders, 
I tend, I give them a lot of grace. I've learned, I've learned to give a lot of grace because I know they lived lives where they weren't taught to speak, to do the hard conversations. They lived lives where it was just about the go, doing what you have to do to to get your family forward. Um, especially coming to a country where you may have you didn't know your language, didn't know the language, and or you know they had so much trauma back home, or leaving home. I mean, I know for me, even for me, because I was always I can understand it in a sense because for me it was always hard sometimes to talk about Puerto Rico and how I feel about Puerto Rico. So I would just keep it in. Now, of course, I, I talk about it more openly. It's hard to talk about home when you want to be home, when that's part of you that wants to be there. So what I usually do with them is, especially because I have those, some of those in the family, I I've just I let them know, oh, this is what I'm working on. And there's always going to be those few that are going to start asking questions. That even if they were the ones, they're going to be like, you know, oh, okay. But, oh, and and it's funny because then when you start telling them what you find, that triggers memory and stories start to come. So be ready with, I mean, I, if you can't record them, be ready because stories will start to come. And there are those that will probably stay closed off to it for X or Y reason. And I think... Now learning so much about my own ancestors, uh, my own grandparents and knowing their stories, understanding my dad's story. I understand now there's just things I don't know about. And I might be, you know, there's just something that I might be triggering without knowing that I'm doing it. So I do tend to give a little, be more gentle when it comes to those folks. Um, yeah, and absolutely. just yeah, and just be more, um, just my granitos. I do my granitos mm -hmm. and see, um, and don't try to push it. But I do find more often than not that they eventually start asking questions and coming forward. And oh, what did you? Oh, wait, I remember this. Did you find this? That's how I they'll start. Oh, did you find the name? Oh, wait, yeah, I knew that person. And then stories start to come. Um, but yeah, it, I, that's what I've learned with this journey um, because, I mean, even with my own grandfather, my maternal grandfather, he, so he lost his father when he was four. Yeah, uh, very tragic. His father committed suicide and I only saw my grandfather as my grandfather, you know, the quiet man, very sweet. Um, and I show him his dad's death record. Because he wanted to see it. I said, Abuelo, I have I found it. And he said, Oh, okay. And then when he told me he wanted to see it, I showed it to him. And it said that his dad was a chauffeur. And just that one detail that wasn't tied to the yeah. way his father died. That's all he knew. And I saw the emotion in him. Yeah. That was very that's one of, uh, it was like, okay, um, you never really know all these traumas they experienced. And, and that was another, going back to the question of how they show you signs. Um, when I, 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 I'm from Bayamón in Puerto Rico, which is a metropolitan area out North. And my grandfather's family's from Cabo Rojo. 
I never been to Cabo Rojo before. I was always in the metro area. Um, and I te- and I went to I decided my for vacation I was going to stay in Cabo Rojo. I randomly chose Hojuda. Never heard of Hojuda before. But I decided to stay there. That is where my grandfather, my great grandfather passed. Oh my goodness. And my grandfather started to get emotional. He's like, you're staying in Hoyuga. And I'm like, yeah, well, right on the beach. And he says, that's my great-grandfather went to the beach. And that's where he. So, you know, I made sure to go onto the beach, think of him and do that for him. Absolutely. Wow. So, so beautiful. And at the same time is. It's almost like what, what's coming to mind is what an honor and privilege for, for us for, to be able to have the, the ability, the, even the thought to do this, right, for our ancestors, yeah. the thought of even thinking of doing this, like what you shared, going to the beach and, 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 and honoring his memory. And that there is, um, I think there, there's a certain privilege and honor that we have to even have this conversation about our ancestors, right? And so many generations yes. before us, it wasn't even a thought to have. It, 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 you mentioned a little bit of just being, uh, just taking care of, they're, they're just taking care of their family, survival, survival mode. Yeah. And, survival, which yeah. we all know, I think our DNA has yes. that embedded in. And we all wonder why we're always on hypervigilance. We're always like, why? That's why always working what's next what's next right having a hard time resting and yeah being, being still doing nothing it's hard for us and yeah like you said when when you realize where you come from and how they they have lived up to this point I mean I'm thinking just as far as my my parents right it's like well no wonder I have such a hard time with the the concept that well I can just relax tonight instead of okay what's next to do <laughs> what am i missing feeling guilty for even taking a break yes i know and yeah. i'm work- i'm actively working on that one. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh well you know i i just want to thank you for for sharing s- your wisdom your your story with us and i i want to thank your abuelitos and abuelitas for for showing up and uh, for you and, and for you to be able to share their story now with, with me and, and the folks listening because i think there's so much medicine in those stories absolutely yeah. absolutely i i think we need it i mean for many reasons we all have a story different I mean, I think we all have a lot in common, but at the same time, we have our unique stories and our community is a community that needs to learn to start talking about the hard things. And I do think genealogy is another way to facilitate those hard conversations. You know, it's another element um, that needs to happen because it opens up the doors to the history that we need to be aware of too. Um, as an empowered community, you know, informed community, we're empowered by information and that's empowering to know our history. And I think it's extremely important to do that. Um, so it's one of the many reasons why I do this. 
Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And, and thank you for, for the work that you do and the healing thank that you. you're bringing to our community. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And it is before we before we end our, our combo, how can folks find you for those that would love to learn more about you and the work that you do? How can people find you? Okay, so I do have my website, um, which is descubretuhistoria.com. Um, you can also find, find me in Instagram and Facebook. Uh, yeah, and I have my email list. You can sign up to my email list through my website. And my Instagram has the link tree that also links you into to do my email list. And I also recently just started a private Facebook group, uh, Descubre Tu Genealogy. Um, which is, and that's where I'll be sharing a little more in detail about research and where to find things. I mean, I do that a lot in my platform, but here it's going to allow me to just focus more on that, especially for those folks that really want to know a little more and want to do their own research. So wonderful. Thank you. And I'll include those links in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Again, thank you so much for for being uh, willing to share with us today. And I look forward to connecting with you again in the near future. Thank you. Yes, yes. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.